Brian Noonan on 720 WGN. If you listen to this show with any regularity, you know that we enjoy talking about beer, but not your big mass-produced beer. We like talking about craft beer, and especially local craft beer, because Chicago has taken over. Uh, we lead the country, I think, in craft breweries. It is It is an amazing, amazing movement that started... I don't know how long ago, but we'll find out, because I am joined in studio by Danielle D'Alessandro. She is the executive director of the Illinois Craft Brewers Guild, and Mike Palin is the owner and head brewer of Microphone Brewing. Illinois Craft Beer Week starts May 10th. Thank you both for coming in. This is very exciting. I'm looking forward to it. Mike, you're going to need that thing to talk into. (laughs) <laughs> that makes sense. There you go. That's much Mike better. should know how to use a mic. Sorry, you would guys. Think you've got a giant mic on your team. Part of your logo for microphone is a microphone. Well, we just remember we had to get this in the prop <laughs> picture. Yeah, well, of course we did. You got I'm good have, now. I'm you good know now. all about the branding. We had to do that. Yep. So welcome. This is, a, this is exciting. Illinois Craft Beer Week. People are like, how did that? That grew out, of, grew out of Chicago Craft Beer Week, right? So first of all, Danielle, tell us tell us about the uh, Illinois Craft Brewers Guild. It sounds like you know a secret society where people wear hoods and they just drink beer out of old wooden mugs. Is that am I anywhere close? It's certainly a big part of it. Okay, um, good. But, <laughs> but but not all of it. Um, no, thank you, Brian, for having us on uh, this evening. Yeah, the Illinois Craft Brewers Guild was founded in 1997. Our mission is to promote to promote the development and expansion of the craft beer industry in Illinois. And um, now is, a, is an exciting time as ever. We have over 230 craft breweries uh, located around the state. And so... Uh, that is amazing. How many... When you when the guild started, how many were there? Just for perspective, do you know? Oh, in 1997? Yeah. There Four. might have been a handful. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> say, say five. Yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Wow. So we really saw that that expansion kind of take off and 2010, after okay. we passed the original craft brewer's license that allowed a small and independent brewery to be able to self-distribute and, and interact okay. directly with retailers and consumers without having to go through a distributor. So that really provided the ability of, of small producers to be able to interact directly again with retailers, with consumers, build their brand, and as they grew, then move into distribution. But uh, you know, for a small brewery, that was everything to right. not have to have the the startup costs or um, the the thirty percent share that automatically goes to distributor to get their beer out. Oh wow! See, no, I I'm guessing most people don't know it's that that big of a chunk. I'm I'm one of those people, and that had to be something that I'm guessing the guild was met with a lot of resistance from certain factions. You know, it was interesting the. The impetus for the start of all this was a court case around Anheuser-Busch owning 30% stake in a distributor. Okay. Um, and so the Liquor Control Commission said that's in more than one tier. So we're based on, we have a three-tier system. Alcohol is highly regulated, and it should be. Sure. And so you have your manufacturers, your distributors, and your retailers. But you're not supposed to have cross-ownership ah. in, in more than one tier. So the Liquor Control Commission stepped in and said, you're going to have to sell these shares and at the time, though, that was going to impact two small breweries, one in Chicago in Pullman, Argus Brewing, and okay. then one down south in Murfreesboro, Big Muddy Brewing, were these really small producers, yeah. a couple hundred barrels a year, right. but they were self-distributing. Okay. And so this was going to put that ability at risk. So the court deferred to the legislature and said, we don't want to completely inhibit um, or prohibit these small breweries from being able to continue self-distributing, come up with a solution. Okay. So we worked with state, with stakeholders from the distributors, the retailers, um, across beer, wine, and spirits. And, and the outcome was this craft brewer's license that if you produced under a certain amount of beer, you could self-distribute half of that. Okay. And so that was really the catalyst then that provided this 
incredible expansion of, of craft breweries across Illinois. Because now these brewers thought, well, as long as as long as I can produce something, I can get it out there. People don't have to come and find me because not. You know, we think of some of brewers that have tap rooms. Well, not every brewer has a tap room. They need they need to get their beer out another way. So this was, you know, this was a way to do it. There's been a more recent legislation too that helped out the small brewers or the craft brewers and their tap rooms. Explain that one. Yeah, we last year worked with the legislator, the legislature to pass a law that would allow tap rooms to be able to sell guest beer and cider, okay. so a gluten-free option for for folks that um, that can't um, or or don't prefer beer. I don't know who those people are, but you know, I'm sure they're out there and they, so they need a beverage. So I as someone who drinks a lot of beer, um, <laughs> it actually is kind of nice to to have yes. that alternative, and 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 that's been. A really neat part of of my work over the past maybe four or five months is is visiting different tap rooms across the state and seeing a cider option. Yeah. And so a lot of small brewers are not making cider because that falls under a winemaker's license. Okay. And so they're there to make their beer, but then they're buying cider from a handful of small cideries across Illinois and right. serving that out of their tap rooms. And so it's just neat to see that collaboration um, and that that environment, which is what we talk about so often in the community of, of craft brewers, um, supporting one another and, and and the craft that they that they produce. Now, does the law require the guest uh, the guest taps to be local or can they be can you bring in a cider from wherever if, if you want? I mean, I, optimally, you'll bring in somebody local and support but you you don't have to by law. You can do it. From sure. Home. And so I'll use um, no. So you can bring in any beer, okay. uh, guest beer or cider you want to. You're you're not allowed to um, to sell wine or spirits. Okay. Um, we we included cider because it people just typically identify it yeah. more in line with line of beer than mm-hmm. they do wine. Um, and it was a natural fit. And again, it provided that gluten free option um, for uh, for consumers. But so Mike. Um, he does a lot of uh, collaborations with different breweries from across the country. And so he could make a beer out in, in Colorado at a brewery out there. And then he could serve that out of his tap room now um, where he was restricted from doing that before. Or, you know, with that partnership, he could just have a beer that this a brewery in another state was doing um, and, and sell it to consumers that were, you know, had experienced that brewery before um, with the collaboration and, and wanted to to try something else that they were doing. Very nice. We're going to talk more about uh, the Craft Brewers Guild, and especially, uh, I've been mentioning this since I got on, the economic impact that craft beer is having in this state, a state that uh, desperately needs jobs and money, uh, coming coming from an area that a lot of people probably wouldn't think. Uh, so we'll talk about that with Danielle D'Alessandro. She's the executive director of Illinois Craft Brewers Guild, Craft Beer Week. Uh, Illinois Craft Beer Week starts May 10th, we must say, Illinois. Now, we're going to take a quick break, and then we are going to meet Mike Palin. Uh, he is the owner. He is the head brewer of Microphone Brewing. He may not know how to use a microphone, but he does know how to <laughs> brew beer. So we will talk to him, and then we'll get into uh, some of the particulars of Illinois Craft Brew Week with a big fundraising uh, event that will kick off the whole thing, a very unique and fun event. So we'll do all of that after this 720 WGN. We are talking about beer on 720 WGN. The Illinois Craft Brewers Guild is hosting Illinois Craft Beer Week. It starts May 10th with a big, a big fundraiser. Uh, Danielle D'Alessandro is here. She's the executive director. And uh, now we are going to meet Mike Palin. He is the owner and head brewer of Microphone Brewing, 
which is one of the beers that will be at Beer Under Glass, which is the big fundraiser to kick off Illinois Craft Brew Week. It happens at the uh, Garfield Park, uh, conserv- uh, not conservatory, yeah. but yes, conservatory. All of a sudden, I was like, wait, that's in L.A. Wait, no, we have one here, too. <laughs> I got very confused. Welcome, Mike. Good to see you. Thank you for having me. Uh, my pleasure. So, give it, when did you start brewing beer? Because you, unlike a lot of guys that I've talked to, you actually come from a... You know, a beer background, right? Yep. So I grew up in uh, McGowanago, Wisconsin, just outside of Milwaukee, and my dad was working at Miller, so I was kind of always around it. Um, Yeah. But I was more of a a straight arrow in high school and had my head in the books and wanted to get to a good college, so I got to uh, University of Wisconsin-Madison. Actually, there is why I got more exposed to beer and actually a botany class. Because it's a huge party school. Yeah, it is. Number one party school (laughs) when I was there, so I definitely got quickly introduced to it. But um, one of the classes I took as a, a prerequisite botany class and it was called the evolution of human and plants and man and in that class they challenged you to either grow a garden or brew a beer and i'm like really i'm gonna brew a beer yeah so that's right and back in 2002 was my first time i brewed a beer wow. and this was i in that time i lived in a four-bedroom apartment with eight guys so this, <laughs> and we brewed this beer in that apartment and it was just it was it was an experience i'll never forget because it was a mess we fermented it in the the, the um, heater room it, it was a, um, a newcastle clone Turned out great, just incredibly boozy for what okay. we were drinking at the time. You know, going from oh, Miller yeah. Lite to a, a Newcastle clone, it, uh, it it rocked us all. But yeah. we got a great great score in the in the class and the the project, and uh, it kind of sparked the interest. So okay. once I moved down from Wisconsin to Chicago, my mom got me a second kit, a second homebrew kit, and then it took me until like 2010 when we finally got a house that I had a basement that was all kind of set up to be a, a yeah. little brewery in the basement. Okay. And so 2010s when uh, I was working in the marketing industry, and I decided that instead of taking just a blank amber bottle to somebody, I wanted to put a sticker that had a brand on it. Yeah. So uh, when thinking of names, we uh, I just wanted to meld my two passions of music and beer together, and we created Microphone Brewing in the basement. Very nice. I started off there, and uh, you know, with the power of social media, I was able to kind of get the word out. And then also with, at that time, the smaller craft breweries in Chicago were starting to pop up. So okay. the Pipeworks and the Spitefuls and 18th Streets. So I'd poke my head in there and help out whenever they needed help. And okay. one by one, they gave me some uh, great advice and great tips and gave me the confidence to kind of go on our own. So we officially took the brand pro in 2015. Wow. Now, it seems like there's breweries popping up every day. And so to make to make headway, to break into the market, it's got to be tough. What's the... What's the strategy you use? You, you mentioned popping into some of the other breweries. You're talking to people, and it does seem like the community is very supportive of each other. But in the end, everybody is trying to, you know, trying to make a buck. So it's how do you break in? How do you how do you get microphone out there where people can actually uh, start drinking it, other than social media? Yeah, so I get asked this all the time. Like, if you had to start a brewery today, what would you do? I'm like, I probably wouldn't, because honestly, <laughs> like the landscape has changed so fast yeah. and so quick. And when I when we you know officially launched in 15, we were only like 4,000 breweries across the U.S. Okay, now we're pushing up to 8,000 almost. Yeah. It's 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 out of control. Um, there's definitely thirsty people, and we're sure. continuing to grow that that piece of the pie. Um, but when we did start, what I did use is obviously social media was a big player in that. Yeah. Um, I was able to kind of just kind of tell my story. And that's always how it's been. It's uh, It was me the whole time. Um, it's now me and my wife own the company. And that's it. It's a family-written company. Um, but it's always just been sharing our story, what we're doing, why we're doing mm-hmm. it, um, the kind of the things that we're experiencing, and just being open and honest with everybody and sharing that. And then what, what I've done over the last two years is really hit the road, got out okay. there and done a lot of collaborations through not just the U.S., but the 
outside of the country too and just linking up with those like-minded brewers and kind of developing you know your kind of your brands together and sharing your markets and introducing new people to your brand and then also just kind of you know bettering each other across the board you know we continue to learn that yeah. every state has different regulations and so when i can come back and be like hey this state's able to do this we should okay. kind of think about that and that's when i can have that direct conversation with danelle and, we and can, then the guild can start working on it and talking to the right people to try to yeah. enact yeah, that, that. That's actually how um, I, I get some of the inspiration or my ideas for what we can do um, down in Springfield, uh, different laws that we can change, um, particularly as it related to, to guest beer and cider. Um, and then even part of that legislation last year was um, creating an offsite warehouse permit. So okay. for brewers to be able to to store um, beer uh, where the taxes have been paid, um, but they can store that offsite so that they have additional room in the brewery if they want to oh. put in new tanks or different equipment, um, a canning line. Um, and and, and both of those different ideas came from being out in um, in the state and visiting some of our members and asking, hey, so what, what's what's going well or what are some of the challenges that you have? And, um, you know, one brewer was like, you know, we'd really like to be able to sell cider out of our tap room. That would that'd be really important for yeah. the consumers that come in um, that come in here on a regular basis. Um, and then another was like, we'd really like to be able to store beer off site and we can't right now. Um, so, yeah, having those ideas um, that that that. That collaboration, um, that that constant flow of communication is incredibly important. And the other thing I would note too is, um, to, to Mike's point about not opening up a brewery um, <laughs> in 2019, um, yeah, it's it's unlikely you're going to see another revolution, Goose Island, Half Acre pop up and, and, and explode okay. in, in terms of their volume and how right. much they're producing. Um, but I think that we have around 10,000 wineries in the U.S. and, right. and no one has said. Well, we've we've reached we've a reached, saturation yeah, sure. point. No one, you know, we don't want any more wineries. Um, so yeah, everybody th doesn't have to sell those kind of numbers. Absolutely know? not. They don't, they, you no. don't have to. You don't have to be huge. You can still be small and successful. And that's what we're seeing: is those small breweries are, are anchors in their communities in a in a way yeah. that. There, there. It was absent um, before. Um, there is a brewery, Hand of Fate, in Peters. Um, in Petersburg, Illinois, and they went into a Dollar General store and okay. completely revitalized the downtown yeah. area. So it's it's been really neat to, to see that. Well, we're, we're going to talk more about the economic impact after the news, but before we go to the news, uh, Mike, you, you're going to be at uh, Beer Under Glass, which is May 10th at the Garfield Park Observatory. It is the kickoff event for Illinois Craft Beer Week, and we will talk about it's a fundraiser. What's it raising funds for? But you can get tickets at illinoisbeer.org. So, no, you can't? You actually cannot. You um, cannot? Is it sold out? It, it is. It it is well sold out. Then. <laughs> well then. But you're, you've got a beer. You've got one of the beers you're going to showcase there. What did you bring? Yeah, so we've so we got um, one news. of our kind of staple beers is called Imperial Smells Like Bean Spirit. It's an imperial breakfast out with... Vermont maple syrup, and then we also use coffee. And a coffee is from Tugboat Coffee out of Addison, Illinois. Okay. So, local. Um, so what we do every year then is we also do the barrel-aged version of it. So we ah. put it in some Heaven Hill barrels that sit there for 9 to 12 months, whatever we determine is the best um, option for it, and then pull it out and then do a huge release around it and a fest around it. Oh, so actually that just nice. happened this weekend. So okay. yesterday yesterday was our fest. Um, nice. In the uh, random the snow globe blizzard. But you know what? For a it blizzard, there's nothing better than a nice stout. Exactly. That's a it perfect was... beer. If you were doing mm -hmm. a tropical IPA yesterday, it would have been like, Ugh. But a stout fits yesterday's it was, weather. It was great. It, honestly, it was one of those things that just became laughable. It wasn't a downpour. It was just <laughs> snow, and everyone had a blast. We had a bunch of brewers from Florida who had shorts only and, yeah. and sandals, and oh, I'm like, geez. well, we don't experience this ever. This is one yeah. that we'll never forget. So... 
So yeah, this is the uh, the 2019 version of Barrel Aged Imperial Smells Like Bean Spirit. All right, we will uh, we'll try that. We'll talk more about that. More with Mike Palin, the owner and head brewer of Microphone Brewing, and more with Danielle D'Alessandro, the executive director of Illinois Craft Brewers Guild. Illinois Craft Beer Week starts May 10th. Uh, you can't go to Beer Under Glass, but we'll tell you about it and make you very, very envious, and we'll do all <laughs> that after the news, which comes after this on WGN. Brian Newton, 720 WGN. We're talking beer, and I'm shocking Mike Palin, the owner and uh, head brewer at Microphone Brewing, because he just got a uh, picture. His kids are watching on the stream. You can watch at WGNRadio.com. Sure, Mike, you didn't know they were they could watch it? No. Just that they could listen I, to you? Oh, I didn't know either. Well, Danielle, Danielle D'Alessandro's here. She's the executive director of the Illinois Craft <laughs> Brewers Guild. Yes, well, you both look fine. You, you okay, look fine. Okay, You're not, you haven't picked your nose. You haven't done anything uh, horrible during the, yeah. uh, during the interview. Yeah, we still have about 20 minutes, so that's, uh, that's, that's very good. All right. Uh, Illinois Craft Beer Week starts May 10th with a huge event that you cannot go to because it's sold out. But you can start planning for next year. Tell Danielle, tell us a little bit about Beer Under Glass. Yeah, thanks, Brian. Um, this is in its 10th year now. Okay. So this is um, the main fundraiser for the Garfield Park Conservatory Alliance and for the Illinois Craft Brewers Guild. So it supports the conservatory and their programming throughout the year, and then it supports our mission. Um, so I, I noted that that's... Um, you know, we're looking at um, the promotion for the development and expansion of the craft beer industry in Illinois. Um, we focus in three areas, education, advocacy, and um, and education. So our promotion is, is from the standpoint with our festivals, um, with, uh, with Beer Under Glass, and then with FOBAB, the Festival of Wooden Barrel-Aged Beer in November. Um, education, we host an annual conference and trade show, and we do technical seminars for our members throughout the year, and then advocacy. So as we've talked about some of the laws that we've worked to pass in mm-hmm. Illinois. Um, so the money that, that we raise from the event um, on May 10th, Beer Under Glass, directly supports that work that we do. Very nice. And I mentioned it a couple times, so let's get down to it. what is the economic impact of the craft beer industry in this state? Because it's to me, it was staggering. Yeah, and actually, I think we provided you with 2016 numbers. Okay. Um, so in 2016, um, the industry had over a $2.6 billion economic impact. In 2017, that's estimated at 3.1. Wow. And we support over 16,000 direct and indirect jobs. So you're you know, from manufacturing to to transportation, hospitality, tourism, and everything in between. So what's also, I think, great about this industry, what I love talking about is that, you know, brewers aren't building new buildings. They're going into existing vacant yeah. buildings. So whether it's a you know half acre beer company, their location up in Balmoral here in Chicago, it was a lighting assembly company okay. that moved out and the building was was left vacant before they came in. Um, there's a brewery that um, is in Blue Island. And it was an auto body shop before they went into it. Um, Mike, I don't know. Do you, what was what was, was microphone a brewing? Painting, a painting company. Sorry. So yeah, a painting company. So you have these small businesses that are going into existing buildings right. and again, just transforming the the community and the neighborhood around them. Well, I know uh, from personal experience, I, I live in Berwyn and Flapjack Brewery opened up in a vacant storefront on the strip and they've become, like you said, you said this with a lot and I'm sure Mike, it's the same thing with you. These, these small brewers and their tap rooms do become, they're the new corner tavern. They're where people meet because one, you feel good about supporting a local business. Mm-hmm. Two, you're getting a, a product that you feel, oh, this is this is mine. You know, mm-hmm. I found these guys. They're they're the place I can go. So it's it's unbelievable. That's a huge number. Yeah, yeah it is. And 
and tap rooms and brew pubs alike, um, they're family friendly. Yep. A lot of them are pet friendly if they yes. don't have full kitchens. Um, they're hosting local charities. Mm-hmm. So Mike raised money yesterday for two local charities. Um, mm-hmm. You have a lot of breweries that support local musicians and artists. Low Res Brewing in Pilsen here in Chicago, they work with local artists um, to to do their their label designs. Um, they have artists come in and and will will paint in the tap room or in their yeah. bathrooms. And so it really is support about supporting the the community around them. And again, they're they're serving as anchors in their communities. I always like telling the story when I was up in Crystal Lake at Crystal Lake Brewing Company on a Saturday afternoon. There was a family of four. You had a um, husband and wife and their two kids and the two kids are drinking pop um and and the husband and wife each have a flight of beer and the four of them are playing a board game yeah. and and that's how they they wanted to spend their saturday afternoon it is amazing my wife and i did that a couple weeks ago we had we stopped at a local uh, local brewery and we played uh i forget we played scrabble for the first time in years we sat we each had a couple of pints and we played scrabble for a couple hours it's like this was a, and people were coming in with their dogs and yes. it was just it was really nice. It was it was fun. I had to laugh because Mike was talking about something, and you corrected him on terminology. How important is the different terminology? I'm sure from a uh, legislative standpoint, it's very important. But you you there's tap rooms, there's tasting rooms. There, explain some of the terminology and why. It's so important to the Illinois Craft Brewers Guild. Sure, it's certainly uh, it, you know from my background, um, which is uh, politics. Um, I'm thinking it from from the regulatory standpoint, yes. the licensing standpoint, and, and so I am usually <laughs> quick to, to point out if, to if someone's someone. um, uh, not correct. Um, but you you have your your I tap rooms. The yeah, she did use it. There, there we go. Um, <laughs> you you have your tap rooms, which. Um, you know, come from or are, are connected to the brewery. And then you have brew pubs. And okay. so brew pubs are considered retailers, kind of like your bars, your restaurants, um, even your off-premise accounts like a Binnie's or a Jewel okay. or a Target. Um, as a retailer, they can serve other types of alcohol, um, wine ah, and spirits. Okay. They, a lot of them do have full kitchens, but some of them don't. Um, they also have an ability to host events off of their licensed premise as oh. retailers. So they okay. can participate in a street festival, a farmer's market. A tap room, which again connected to a brewery, is, is classified as a manufacturer. So they cannot sell other alcohol. Okay. But they could have a full kitchen if they wanted to. And so we're just careful to use the correct terminology um, because we want to make sure that consumers are getting correct okay. information. So we do an annual brewery map, a printed map of all of the the members of the guilds. Um, it's the summer passport. So we do do a summer passport program. Okay. Oh, this, this is, is separate. Different? Oh, okay. Um, so we're just... You got a lot going on. Yeah. Yes, because I, I, you know, I had my summer passport out. last year, so I'm looking forward to getting a new one. Which but, starts May yeah, 10th this very, year as well. Nice. Um, and so on our, our brewery map, we we designate with you know a different color code if you're a tap room, if you're just a bottle shop, if you're a brew pub. But then on top of that, we say, all right, do you have a full kitchen or do you serve okay. food? Are you pet friendly? Um, because there is that distinction. Yeah. And and so when we were chatting about too was, was Goose Island on Clybourne. Yes. And a lot of people still think that they referred to Goose Island on Clybourne as a brew pub, but they're actually a, a brewery. So ah. they have a full kitchen there, but they can only sell Anheuser-Busch or AB products out of that location. Okay. And they're new. The the one in, uh, is it on Fulton? Mm-hmm. That one is, that one also would be a, a brewery. A brewery. Okay. Mm-hmm. So brewery is, brewery is different than taproom. 
Yes, it is. All right. Or no, sorry. Brew Bre- Pub is different than Taproom. Brew Tap Pub room. is different than Taproom, but the brewery is the same. People can get that uh, brew map at IllinoisBeer.org, right? Even so, though they can't get their tickets anymore for Beer Under Glass because it's sold out. You waited too long. We do have a brew map that is is up to date on our website, but we print those maps out. Okay. And so consumers can go into to tap rooms. Mike actually should have some brewery maps yeah. um, at his tap room. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. they're, and they're free. So people, maps, yeah. people walk nice. in and can He's grab a map. And where is the microphone tap room? Microphone brewing tap room? We are up in room? Elk Grove Village, Illinois. Okay. So. And uh, your, uh, let me see, the website is microphonebrewing.com. Simple and easy. All right, let's, uh, let's shift back to this beer because we tried the barrel-aged Imperial Smells Like Bean Spirit. Yep. And uh, I am well known for my advocacy of dark beers and stouts and barrel-aged because, you know, I want a beer that's going to pretty much knocked me down uh this was this was great and you were saying that it's not some some people are now making sweeter stouts and this is because you started doing this in 2015 this is this is not that this is not a super sweet stout despite hearing oh it's got maple syrup in it it's going to be thick and syrupy it is not yeah so we were kind of talking about the whole there's this vibe of florida florida stout where it's super super coinly sweet and people love that i mean with the, the move into mead and meat is yeah. very sweet as well with all the honey. Um, but when this beer was first designed back in 2015, it was just meant to be a, um, a simple breakfast stout that finished nice and smooth and dry. Um, so we've kept that as the base. Um, but then, obviously, maple syrup gives it a little bit of a kick. Mm-hmm. But with this version, with it being in the barrels, it kind of finishes nice and dry and a little bit of booze on the back. Yeah, and it's nice. And so this is something that would be at uh, Fobab, the Festival of uh, Wood and Barrel-Aged Beers. Even though you... and Now, traditionally... This kind of beer is more of a fall-winter thing. What? Why did you, at Microphone, decide, you know, we're going to do it at a different time of year? Yeah, so we um, we decided that we are going to be trying to do a barrel-aged beer every month going forward. Really? There's definitely a market for it. There is. People uh, like to get... Uh... People and like you, that and, heavy, the, the stronger beers. Yeah, and the beauty of it, too, is that you could sell or something like this. So mm-hmm. you could get it right now in April and then drink it in, in the fall or in the winter okay. if you want to. Um, How long... Now, all right, you're you're brewing this, so you know best. Yep. How long... Because you know as well as I do. There's some people, and Danielle, you probably won't like this terminology. There's some freaks who will buy a <laughs> beer and they'll keep it for six years. At what point... Is there diminishing returns? You know, if I, if like you say, I buy this now and I drink it in September, October, that yeah, that seems reasonable. Yep. Most beer is, is best drank fresh. Right. Yes, right. We, yeah. we as the brewers decide to pull it out when we think it's ready to be consumed. Yes. So, so as we soon as you, you bottle it, yep. you should drink, drink it. it. Yeah, 100%. Right. But there is also people have different preferences. Like with, we just released the variant of it, which has uh, vanilla and double maple. Ooh. And some people are like, wow, way too much vanilla. That other person's like, not enough vanilla. <laughs> so it just depends on your palate and what you want to get out of right. it. So you might have the first bottle, and that's actually why we switched to this uh, smaller format. We used to be in a 750 bottle. Oh, wow. Okay. Now we're in these 12s because we wanted to give uh, the consumer the option to crack one open now. If it's they're liking, they'll drink all, all four. Right. Or if it's not, let it kind of mellow out, age out, and see what they think of it as throughout the year. And what is the next beer that you brought that is going to be featured at Beer Under Glass? So this is a, a fun project that I task my other brewers. They are allowed to you know design a beer ah, very nice. every other quarter. And, and, and you are a that. benevolent dictator. I like that. <laughs> but um, I have it's, it, this is a, a funny story at microphone. My um, brewer and Solomon Mike, and my name is Mike. His name is Joseph. So is mine. 
He has a son named Miles, and so do I. All right. That, so, is that the re- prerequisite for working at microphone? Everyone has to have the middle name of Joseph, yes. <laughs> literally, we have five of them on staff that have middle name Joseph. Right, are you accepting applications, serious? by yeah, the way? It's, it's hilarious. It's hilarious. Right now, everybody whose middle name is Joseph who has any interest in beer <laughs> Send is like, an email over. Yeah. My, my brother's middle name is Joseph. <laughs> oh, there you go. All right. Part, part of the family. There we go. <laughs> um, so I had done, I always make uh, a birthday beer for my kids. I let them kind of come up with the idea. Should kids be drinking beer? They don't def- they won't Danielle, drink it. Where does uh, where does the state fall on that? We, they we do, do not. not encourage underage <laughs> consumption. And my, my daughter who's been brewing with me, she's six now. She's been brewing with me since she's, she's <laughs> like six months. Okay. Well, I always be like, hey, do you want to try your beer? And she's like, no, I'm not big enough. That's so look that's, at that. We laid that down what early. A responsible so, young yeah. lady. Yep. Good so for her. I brewed a beer called. He'd give, he'd give credit to to your daughter, by the way, not not the parents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Was, oh no. Of course. She knows what's up. Yeah. yeah she's a smart six year old. Yep. So I brewed a beer called I Can Brew for Miles for my son. Yes. And then Mike wanted to brew a beer for his son. So he did I Can Brew for Miles and Miles. And Miles. So this year he did a uh, coconut banana cream pie IPA. Wow. So it is is a lot of stuff going on in there. We've got uh, toasted coconut, banana puree, vanilla, lactose, and um, some hops in there. We used a new hop called Sabro, which has a a coconut-esque note to it to bring up that coconut flavor very nice well we'll try some of that we'll talk more with uh mike palin the owner and head brewer from microphone brewing and uh, danielle delisandro who's the executive director of illinois craft brewers guild illinois craft beer week starts may 10th uh there are all sorts of events going on for illinois craft beer week uh you can go to illinoisbeer.org to get that where else where else can people go to get the full range of things that are happening for illinois craft beer week yeah you can go to our website illinoisbeer.org backslash icbw you can also download our app though and that gives you a way to to look at all the events you can star them so it puts it in your planner so you nice. make sure you don't you don't miss out um so yeah folks should be checking that back regularly because we're, we're now starting to to see our brewery members bars restaurants um everyone adding events for for that week so. yeah there's a lot of tap takeovers there's all there's all sorts of things going on so the app they could just go to illinois beer and search that what what should they search in the app store um, just ICBG. ICBG. All right. More about beer on the other side. It's 720 WGN. Are you a craft beer aficionado? Then you will know this already. Illinois Craft Beer Week starts May 10th. It go, uh, things happening not only here in the city. Stuff's happening in the city. Is Are there things happening all across the state for Illinois Craft Beer Week? So you need to go to IllinoisBeer.org. You can find out all the information. Download the app for IC, uh, Illinois Craft Beer ICBW. Right? I, oh, for the Guild. <laughs> sure. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. The Guild. <laughs> That's Danielle D'Alessandro. She's the executive director of Illinois Craft Beers Brewers Guild. And Mike Palin is here. He's the owner and head brewer of Microphone Brewing. Um, Beer Under Glass, the big event that kicks off Illinois Craft Beer Week. Unfortunately for you, if you waited too long, it is sold out. goes to benefit uh, Garfield Park Conservatory and uh, the Illinois Craft Brewers Guild, doing fine work to support all these brewers. Uh, Chicago now, I, I read, leads the is the craft beer capital. Is that correct of the of the country? That's correct. So the the Brewers Association is the national organization that represents small and independent breweries, and they have an economist there. And so, based on the Chicago land, the metro area, we have the most breweries of, of any other area in the country. So we uh, we are pretty excited about that designation. Yeah, and it's funny. No matter what part of the city or the the surrounding suburbs you live in, you're not far from. You know, I look where I live, and I'm like. Boy, I could go to like five or six breweries within a ten-minute drive. Yeah. You know, I, I appreciate you saying that, Brian. Um, that that's that's exactly right. And so, 
that's one reason why we've continued to do our passport program that yes. you alluded to earlier. Um, we have a summer passport that runs, um, the program runs from May 10th through August 10th. And we have 154 breweries that are participating across the state. And so if you visit at least 40 of them and you mail in your author, you rip out your authorization page, mail that into us. Um, we provide you a complimentary year's worth of our craft enthusiast um, membership program. Very nice. um, but to that point, you know, you could potentially visit, you know, five to 10 breweries in yes. one weekend based on where you are where you're located. So you need to work on legislation for infrastructure for a trolley there you or go. high speed rail between all of these breweries. Well, because that, so we're out, we're out in Uber kind gets of expensive. Elk Grove Village is, you know, out of the city. And yes. There's, there's no good way to get there through public transportation outside of Uber and Lyft. Right. Um, but that, when I had said earlier, like I would not start a brew today, it wasn't based on because there's too many or this not like I actually being the only brewery in Elk Grove, we're encouraging another brewery to come out there. Yeah. Because people use it as a destination. If there's exactly. more than one, they'll bounce between them or two or three, whatever. Um, I would love to see another brewery out there, a distillery. We, they actually, based on the success of Microphone in Elk Grove, the village wrote a new ordinance to allow a distillery to come in. Oh, wow. Okay. So still, they're actively looking for one. Yeah. Um, but it hasn't happened yet, but I love that. That'd be that'd be great partnership for all of us to work hand in hand and have people bounce around because craft cocktails and craft beer go mm -hmm. together. And it was, I know out in, and I'm, I'm forgetting the two breweries right now, but not too uh, far western suburbs. There was a, they had done a collaboration, so they were on a big release weekend. They did have a shuttle going between the two breweries. Yeah. So if you went to to this one and you tried, it, okay, now get on the bus, go to the other one, try their stuff. So it was a nice. It goes back to what I said before about the brewer community. While everybody wants to do well on their own, it is a very supportive community. Yeah, I mean, even though there's a ton of us, we're also still a small part of that that yeah. pie. Um, and so together we can better ourselves and lift each other up and help each other out. So here we ha we ha in in Chicago we have a group on Facebook called the Itty Bitty Brewers Club. Okay. And it'll be like, hey, does anybody have a bag of rice holes I could borrow or have these hops? And everyone's like, oh, I got you. Come on over and you know just replace it or you know pay me for it. And so we're we're here to help each other out. We're That's really cool. and I think the guild has done a good job of you know bringing us together. And there's a, there's a list serve on there where we can ask yeah. questions and kind of support each other and, and, and build this thing to be better and better every year. Well, and it's smart, too, because going back to the point you guys both made, that the, the craft brewers are becoming the neighborhood gathering point. Well, okay, if I don't live in Elk Grove and I'm not going to be in Elk Grove, I'm going to stay at my local brewers. You know that. The, my local brewers know that. So what does it hurt for you and them to help each other out? Yep. You know, there's a good chance the pe people may never... Uh, who aren't around there or aren't going on the tour with the passport? They're gonna they're gonna miss some breweries. That's just there's so many. They're gonna oh, yeah. miss some. So why not? The more you have, the more you guys uh, stay together and build it up, the better. Let's talk a little bit about this. I can brew for miles and miles, which is going to be featured at Beer Under Glass. Yep. Uh, it is. It's very hazy. Tell me the style because it looks. It almost looks like grapefruit juice. It's delicious. What is it? What is it? So it's a milkshake IPA base, and so a milkshake Explain IPA. That, yeah. yeah. So milkshake IPA is um, the key components to that is using um, lactose or milk sugar. Okay. And then vanilla, and then ah. And so in this one, we took it to the next level and did the the cream pie aspect to it. So added yeah. the coconut and the banana, and it just kind of makes this sweet decadent dessert beer. It's very good. And now it's does, not bitter like we were talking about. Yeah. You know, we, does, we, the, does a lactose Cut the the hops. Is that what makes it less bitter? It, 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 lactose is non fermentable, so it, it increases the sweetness, okay. and so that sweetness helps kind of balance all that out together. But also with this style, it's kind of a, a New England style base that turned into a milkshake style. Um, we 
do very little hopping in the kettle. So you're not getting a lot of the bitterness. Okay. A lot of it's all tail end at the Whirlpool or hop stand and then with a, a nice dry hop. And like I said, we use Sabro this time to kind of get those coconut notes out of the Sabro hops to amplify what we're going for here. Well, it is delicious. If you want to sample this or any of Mike's other uh, concoctions, delicious brews, you need to go to Microphone Brewing. Uh, the website is, of course, Microphone Brewing, and it's M-I-K-E-R, phonebrewing.com. And uh, go go to IllinoisBeer.org. Find out all the different events that are going to be happening during Illinois Craft Beer Week. As Danielle said, the craft beer industry is really pumping a lot of jobs and money and revenue into this state. So support your local brewers. Mass brewers, they're always going to be there. Your local brewers need your support. Go out. They're they're putting their heart and soul into this stuff, and it is uh, it's paying off. You're going to sit there. You're going to enjoy a nice beer. You're going to you're going to know that you're helping your community. And the stories of all all brewers have a story. You know, guys in some big corporate warehouse somewhere, they don't have a story. But every brewer that I've talked to, they were all, they were always doing something, and then they went, I really have to do this. So it's a calling. It's not just, I want to make beer. Yeah. There's there's something in there. So congratulations on, uh, on that, Mike. The beers are fantastic. I look forward to seeing you at Beer Under Glass. And Danielle, thank you so much. Uh, and keep, you know, keep working to uh, keep these guys and, and women all in... Uh, all in business. Thanks, Brian. I actually couldn't have said it better than than you just did, so I have nothing to add. <laughs> <laughs> Illinois Craft Beer Week starts May 10th. Go to IllinoisBeer.org to get all the information, MicrophoneBrewing.com, and all the other wonderful breweries in the state of Illinois. All right, we got to do this. Then it's news time, 720 WGN.